Hi, this is Sharice Kenyon, and you're listening to the Beauty Me podcast, all about beauty beyond the BS. First of all, before we get into the subject of this episode, I just wanted to do a quick hello to anyone that's new here, and also thank you to anyone who is a regular listener. Since the Jenny Shimizu 90s supermodel episode that went out last week, the views on my videos and listens on the podcast have kind of just exploded. And I'm just really thankful to anyone out there who has listened and shared and just let me know that you're listening. I really, really do appreciate it. So I just wanted to take a quick minute to say thank you. The episode itself is really, I wouldn't say it's only happening because of the success of the Jenny Shimizu episode, but I do feel this is somebody I would have addressed later on because I think she's a very important person. But the love that the video and episode on Jenny received really made me realize again how important representation is. If you've listened to me before, you'll know that I kind of feel that often diversity, inclusion, representation are still trends for brands to kind of market around. And it's just so important that we don't stop telling brands this is what we expect, because when you don't feel seen, it just makes a huge difference to your upbringing and your life. So many of the comments on the Jenny video, there were thousands of people saying thank you. Some said thank you for reminding them of Jenny's existence because she was important to them in their childhood as she was often the only example of an Asian and queer woman that they would see. And others have said thank you because they've never heard of Jenny before and they were grateful to find somebody else who could be a role model for them or in one person's words, a hero. I just love that to just like, thank you for sharing this hero. I think it's so important that we talk about people and what they have given us. Some people, you might only talk about them for six months, a year. Others, they just have value to different cultures. So that's why I'm doing today's episode. I'm talking about one of my favorite models ever, still working today, Omira Mota Garcia. So let's get into her story. Born and raised in the Dominican Republic, Omira and her family moved to Queens, New York at the age of 10. She had siblings and her mum and grandmother came along. It was a really creative household. Her mum was a painter and her grandmother was a designer, a clothes designer. So it was definitely in the background for her. And her mum was always trying to get her into modeling. She was just very much you might as well give it a go. And obviously they're in New York. It's meant to be the city, you know, full of opportunities. So I found a profile piece on Omira. I can't actually find much on her actually when it comes to interviews, but I found this profile piece in Vogue.com from August, 2021. And in that article, Omira shares that at the age of 15, her mum picked up a disposable camera, kind of took things into her own hands and just took some pictures of Omira in her swimsuit. She wrote down her measurements on the back of the pictures and basically sent them to every single modeling agency in New York. Surprisingly, or not surprisingly, 
Only one agency gave a response. But of course, what I love about this is you only ever need one yes. And that yes came from George Speros of Boss Models. He saw something in Amira. And I'm just glad that her mum, I don't think she sounds like a pushy mum. I just think she saw opportunity. And when you are an immigrant family that's in a new country, you are going to, you are going to push for things. You are going to try things. And I love that her mum took the pictures, sent them out because there was nothing to lose. And I think the reason Omira became such a success is because her mum really had a point. Her mum knew that Omira had a striking or has a striking look. For me, she's always had, it's, it's almost quite hard to narrow it down. We could say androgynous, we could say sultry. I don't think we often combine those two things. And that is what Amira is. And I'm going to say it for me. She always had kind of a resting bitch face. And I mean that in the politest way. I know I have a resting bitch face. It means that face <laughs> that is your face when you're not smiling for people. It's like it's your resting bitch face. It's like your face at rest. Maybe you're reading something that's annoying you. Maybe it's slightly frowning. But yeah, it basically means sulky kind of sultry when it comes to Amira I definitely think there's an element of I don't care what you think about how I look I don't care if you think I look good I know I look good that's her attitude it was a really striking look she's got very dark heavy and straight eyebrows very different from the models of the time that had very thin arched eyebrows her hair would almost always be cropped very short it could be spiky it could be really slick with a side parting and I feel that Omira gave makeup artists just the best opportunity to really amp up her edge so I think she could have been a makeup artist dream really when she first started modeling around the age of 16 in 2001 she was initially told she was too strong, she was too much, she was too everything. And I think that prepared her to just really go for it. This thing that she'd never really intended on happening, she could see that this could be a way for her to have a career. And I don't think I don't think we often hear about models having that kind of approach, that very self-assured approach at such a young age. Instead, I feel like we often hear of models that get into the industry in their teens that they have to be shaped and formed and they have lots of ups and downs, issues with addiction, for instance. I've never heard anything like that about Amira. Of course, that doesn't mean it hasn't happened. She could also be someone that just keeps her business to herself. I'm not sure there, but undoubtedly, she has always projected an image of a very strong person. She's very pragmatic she was quoted at an early age as saying, you know, if modeling doesn't work out, she'll just do something else. I think she saw it for what it was. It was an opportunity to, for her to change her life and perhaps the lives of her, the people in her family, the people that she really cared about. And she was absolutely going to do it to the best of her ability. Over the next two decades, Omira would be called on by the likes of everyone from Jay-Z's now defunct Rockaware brand, very kind of hip hop street style, and also former model Kimora Lee Simmons' baby fat range, which I think has made a comeback. Is it still here? Let me see. But baby fat, I would feel like it was absolutely the female 
contemporary of brands like Rockaware or FUBU. It was very, lots of pink. And yeah, it first came out in 1999. Kimura's relationship with the brand ended in 2010. But I'm pretty sure, oh, right, yeah. Sorry, I'm just going through Wikipedia. Which I'm not going to say that's the most reliable thing. It's just the place where they tend to put a lot of facts and then you have to double check them. But um, yeah, I'm just seeing here that on International Women's Day 2019, Kimora Lee Simmons announced the reacquisition of Baby Fat and it relaunched with a Forever 21 collection. Okay, it sold out in 24 hours. And in 2022, they partnered with Puma. So yeah. It's still relevant today, but to really see baby fat at its height, you'd have to look back to the 2000s and you'll definitely see Omira there. And because Omira has quite a androgynous look, I feel that baby fat for her is quite different. Lots of pink, lots of pastel colors, but she still rocked it. And I think that is where her strength lies, really. She's able to do it all. So she'll do the streetwear brands and then you'll see her wearing Alexander McQueen, Yves Saint Laurent, Emmanuel Ungaro, Jean-Paul Gaultier, and so many more. We'll see her in a video with Jay-Z and Pharrell for the song Change Clothes. She gets into acting. She's seen in movies such as 2016's X-Men The Last Stand. So again, I think she is somebody that just really ran with her success. So it's clear that Omira has just run with her career and she's had a really really good innings I think the reason for her success is because she's able she, I think it's because she knows who she is and also she's never been attached to the idea of being pretty that is not I feel that some models they might go out there and think you know my looks are everything and being pretty is everything to me and that's what sells things I think instead for Omira she sees it as her job to sell clothes. Um, selling clothes, let's be real, is very much about selling a mood, a moment. I think with Omira, she becomes the moment and she is very aware of her look. I think that's why she's often also called upon to model for menswear collections. And I really like in the Vogue profile I mentioned earlier, how she reflects on her androgynous look. I'll just read out this quote for you. When I'm doing a men's show, I am not thinking that I look like a boy. I am thinking that I am just bringing strength and expression. My eyes, the way I'm looking, the way I'm moving, it's not more like a boy. It's just strength, flavor, source, swag. I think this is truly where Omira really stands apart. From the supermodels of the 2000s to the more hegemonous faces we see today, She's never been there to simply parade beautiful things. Almost anyone can do that. We see, you know, the world of influencing is huge. Anyone can kind of sell a product, especially if it's just kind of words they've been given to say about a product. You know what I mean? I feel that Amira inhabits a look and she prefers to tell a story with whatever she's selling, which of course is mostly clothes. I think she prefers to give them attitude and personality and one thing that she's always been clear about along the way, although she wears, you know, every kind of clothing you can imagine, she has said that she hasn't really enjoyed appearing overly feminine. And she personally prefers to wear more masculine looks by the likes of Spanish designer Miguel Adriver. 
again, I'm repeating myself a little here, but it's for me, it's all about self-awareness. I think she finds strength and power in being exactly who she is. And I think that's why even today she gets ad campaigns for Saint Laurent. And of course, recently she modeled for the brilliant Thierry Mugler spring summer Haute Couture show. I was so excited to see that she was part of this. It, it was quite a groundbreaking show for now. It's all about the technology. It's all about the lights. Many of the models had cameras attached to them. They were being moved along on camera rigs. So there was so much movement in this show. It was essentially a tribute to the French designer who actually passed away last January. So the looks were very, lots of black, lots of leather, lots of lace. It was a really dark and dramatic show. So for me, Omira had to be part of it. And I'm so glad that they picked her for the show alongside some of the greats like Maria Carla Boscono, Irina Sheik, and we also saw Dominique Jackson from Pose. It was just a fantastic show and I'm so glad Amira was part of it. She's the one that's able to carry off this mood. As another designer, Louisa Ballou said, in the Vogue article, she actually cast Omira in her 2021 pre-fall lookbook. She said that we've always loved Omira's androgynous energy and individuality throughout her career. And I think I really, really get that. There's this blend of, I feel that Omira is a modern woman in the sense of she embraces every part of who she is. I'm going to actually share a quote with you that I think spells this out a little bit more before we end the episode. It's Omira talking about a standout moment from her career, but in her life as a Dominican. So although she's known for wearing, you know, very masculine looks, she's remembering the moment when Oscar de la Renta chose her to walk in his spring summer 2003 show. She says... When I finally got the show, I remember he put me in this beautiful coat with fur and beautiful hat. I mean, I looked like an expensive lady or something. I want to say that I was so proud, so proud, because I knew who he was. He was like the ambassador of our country. Like his name is it. I felt like I'm working with this Dominican. This is for my country. This was for DR, for my grandmother, for my mum. For me, that quote really sums up what I was trying to say before I said the quote. I feel that Omira is a living example of how we do contain different sides of our personality because throughout her career, she's talked about the androgynous look and people choosing her for that. But she's also sharing this moment where a huge designer in fashion, in haute couture, in her country, Oscar de la Renta is giving her beautiful things. She's wearing beautiful things. And I feel that it showed her, I can be both. I can be seen as beautiful while being masculine slash androgynous because we're all made up of these different facets. I think that society just tells you when you're one gender, you look this way. And when you're that gender, you look this way. And we've come a long way, I'd say. I would love to hear from Omira to see how far we have come actually as someone that started modeling in 2001 22 years later I'd love to know how she thinks things have changed because you know we've all we're all coming at it from our different positions and perspectives and I think a lot has changed I think a lot could still change 
I think Omira fundamentally is just a force and she has this strength and it has only increased over the years. Or perhaps it's just that, as I mentioned, maybe society's just become more willing to embrace androgynous looks. Who knows? I'd love to know what you think. I'm just glad that models like Omira exist. Today, as well as modeling, she has two young daughters and has followed in her family's creative footsteps. She's a painter now, just like her mum. And she's also getting into design like her grandmother by collaborating with a friend's clothing line called Anger. As always, I would love to know what you think. Have you heard of Omira before or do you have another favorite androgynous model? Let me know if you think somebody else deserves their own podcast. I would love to know. You can get in touch anytime over in the DMs on Twitter or Instagram at BeautyMePodcast or feel free to email me BeautyMePodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, there will also be an Amira video on my Instagram or TikTok at Sharice Kenyon because I really do want you to see just how amazing she is. So there'll be a video out there for you to check out as well. I'll be sure to leave a link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time.